Hello and welcome to episode 131 of the Two Guys a Glove and a Coke Bottle podcast. He's Thomas Todd. He's Danny Zarchi. And we're Giants fans. And we didn't write a show tonight because we're just going to complain. That, that's what the show is. Welcome I've to Complain Pod. You never write the show. I have to write the show every week. <laughs> Two guys a glove and complaining a lot. That's that's tonight's show. I have to write both shows every week. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Two Guys a Glove and a Coke Bottle. We're here to talk about the Giants. We're not going to have a very good time of it this week because the Giants have not had a very good time of playing this week. Seven of eight, Danny. Seven of eight they've lost now. Yeah, so uh, we just finished watching the end of the Diamondbacks game. Yesterday we watched the other Diamondbacks game. The day before that, guess what we did? We watched the Diamondbacks beat the Giants. The only team they've beaten in the last week is the Dodgers, which is good. But you want them to win a little bit more than that. So we're off to a good start here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Welcome to Complain-A-Pod. So <laughs> let's, for a little bright spot, let's talk about our other podcast. Thomas? Coach's decision. Danny and I did an episode tonight. We talked about all of Major League Baseball, a couple surprises in the National Football League today, including the Niners having some interest in Josh Norman, who's a free agent. Yeah, You're excited. I'm very excited. And I know that the Niners aren't going to do it because the York family is, is, you know, a bunch of cheapskates. But it's nice to dream. Yep, you can find both of our shows on iTunes, uh, Coach's Decision, and like the one you're listening to now, Giants Pod. So anyway, uh, this particular episode and all of our episodes these days is brought to you by SeatGeek, our, f- our favorite app for buying concert and sports tickets. I don't know why you'd want to go see the Giants now, but you could, and you could do it without paying too much. It could get cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so SeatGeek is great. Uh, I know you guys have a lot of places you go to buy tickets to things. SeatGeek brings all of those into one place, and it tells you whether you're getting a good deal, a great deal, a bad deal. Things that definitely appeal to me because I'm cheap. So it gives you a big green light, big red light. It's wonderful. And listeners to our podcast, any of our podcasts, really, can use our promo code SFG20 and get $20 off. So you really have no excuse to go to not go and watch the Giants lose. Yeah, download the app, make your first purchase, you get a $20 rebate. But remember, please use the offer code SFG20, San Francisco Giants, of course, and then 20 for the $20 rebate you will be getting. It would be so great for our show and our lives going forward if you would support us. And thank you so much to SeatGeek for all of your constant support of our shows. So the Giants, Thomas. I, I, have a const- I do not constantly support them. <laughs> so since we last talked, because it was actually Thursday when we did our last show because of the Warriors winning number 73 on Wednesday. Uh, so since then, the Giants have lost uh what was it Se- seven and they won one no that doesn't seem right no since then they lost friday one saturday then lost sunday monday tuesday and today yeah so uh, it's hard to have a lot of good takeaways um the there are some good takeaways i mean the guys we thought were good are good the guys we thought are bad some of them are good <laughs> but the guys we thought are the guys, some of the guys we thought who are going to be bad are bad, and some of the guys we thought were going to be good this are bad. This is the worst Venn diagram I've ever heard <laughs> explained out loud. <laughs> so I, I, I took a look at the season numbers for the for the teams because it's really been the offense struggling. So I, I took a look at the pitching, and it is what you expect. It's offense you know? and bullpen. Yeah. Well, and Jake I mean, Peavy. Yeah, but I, I just want to say that what we expected to be good about the rotation is good. Madison Bumgarner is good. Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja are pretty good. 
uh, Matt Cain and Jake Peavy are terrible. Well, Chris Heston is terrible. Let, let's quantify this or quali- qualify. Let's qualify this a little bit. Let's quantify it. That's let's what the numbers are Venn for. Diagram. Let's qualify it that Jake Peavy had one terrible start where he, he broke his career record for most uh, extra base hits given up in a start. And it was in cores, and it was a bad start, and there were some defensive misplays, sure. But it was a terrible start. Then he came back uh, on Monday and actually played pitched really well. Um, the The score ended up at 9-7, but that's not really his fault. Uh, Are you really going to defend PV right now? I am going to defend PV. I mean, he went five innings, gave up four runs. That was not good. <laughs> but... <laughs> But he looked he looked like a serviceable starter for he he looked like a serviceable serviceable starter for five innings. He gave up two runs in five innings. And then they in the sixth he gave up a couple base runners and got pulled and all those runs scored. So you have to have a little bit more context, which is strange because that's also exactly what happened to Matt Kane. You know, we saw the start. We saw his first good start, right? That was just a good start. His second start was in cores. He did the same thing. He looked good for like four or five innings, and then he completely collapsed. Yeah, he's having trouble finishing right now. And I saw an article on sfgiants.com about how the Giants aren't worried about his stamina because that seems to be the issue is that he can be rolling along just fine, and then he hits a wall in the fifth or sixth inning, and all of a sudden is exceptionally hittable. Yeah, I mean, uh, yesterday, Tuesday night, Matt Kane had actually a no-hitter going through four innings. I mean, he'd given up a bunch of walks, so it wasn't a terrific start or anything like that, but he hadn't even given up a hit. And then in the fifth inning, he gave up a bunch of hard contact and you know, and and got pulled. And there was a point where it was obvious that he just didn't have anything anymore in that start. But it's, it's this really weird... It just seems strange that, like, when somebody's done, they're done. They don't look good 80% of the time. And obviously, when you've got really good hitters you're playing against and a suspect bullpen, one bad inning can turn into you know a terrible loss. But why? what do we take away from a start where somebody looks really good for four innings, five innings, and then just completely collapses? You can easily point to... He missed time in spring training getting the surgery on the on his arm to get the cyst removed. You know, maybe he didn't get the chance to build up the arm strength like he nor- normally would. Can we just point to that and say, like, look, this guy needs to kind of work himself into game shape? Or are we actually worried about this? Well, it's just tough because this is a guy we used to call the horse. I mean, he was a guy seven, eight innings easy on a given night of consistent pitching. And it's tough to watch a guy go out there and fizzle after four, five, even six innings, especially when his pitch count isn't especially high. So it's just something we're not used to. But you're right. We can point to the surgeries he's had over the last couple of years, the cyst removal, the short spring training, that maybe in a couple of weeks, if this is still happening, then we can say, okay, Matt Cain may just be broken, as opposed to Matt Cain's just not in game shape yet. Yeah, well, so speaking of... If he's broken, I mean, one of the big storylines coming into this season is basically when Heston would replace Kane in the rotation. And through three weeks, it it looks like it's not going to be Kane. It might be Peavy. 
Yeah, and Heston is is not Veston right now. He's already down in AAA. The Giants sending him down because he can't keep his ERA in single digits. So, yeah, uh, you know, we we were thinking, okay, a good insurance policy to have this guy who put up a, at least a mediocre ERA last season to be able to come in and pitch competently, but he hasn't thrown anything of note in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so so let's just talk transactions. The Giants put Sergio Romo on the DL, and they put Contos on the DL, and they sent and, Heston down to AAA. And A. Ray Andrianza is on the DL with a broken foot for four to six weeks. Yeah, so the Giants called up my boy Mac Williamson, Ugh. <laughs> which also, and we'll talk about this, means that Kelby Tomlinson is the only backup infielder. <laughs> well, is he Buster, an infielder, Buster though? Posey's, Buster Posey plays first, so, you know, if he's not an infielder, he's not anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Are they saying Princess Bride, if you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything? I don't remember that line, and I and I feel like I remember the Princess Bride really well. That's Count Rugen. He says that to uh, Humperdinck. Okay. Yeah, it's a very foreboding line. Um, <laughs> so... What else happened? Uh, so they put those guys on the DL, and they sent Heston down to AAA. They called up our boy Derek Law. They called up... Mike Broadway. Mike Broadway and Okert. What's his? Steve Okert. Steve Okert. What a moment the other night in a terrible game when we lose 3 nothing to the Diamondbacks, as we mentioned. But to have him go out and throw two good innings in front of his parents, who are sitting with uh, Larry Bear down by the, the screen... And just having the time of their lives watching their boy pitch. Yeah, <laughs> which was a- followed shortly uh, behind. Which followed shortly behind Derek Law's parents watching him make his major league debut, uh, striking out the side. Well, I think it was See, strikeout, strikeout, triple strikeout. The problem is these are the moments that teams like the Phillies should be talking about when they do podcasts, you know, fan, the, the good fight or whatever, saying things like, oh, well, it was really nice to see this young guy come up, pitch well, and his parents were happy. We're, talk, we're supposed to be talking about Titletown. <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about a playoff push. Yeah. Right now we're sitting here talking about seven of eight losses. You're already scoreboard watching. That's how bad it's gotten in the Zarchi household. You're already telling me that L.A. won today, therefore they're this many games up. And it's way too early to do that, but they've got us nervous. Uh, I'm not nervous. I mean, I'm nervous. <laughs> I mean, we're we're two and a half games back of the Dodgers. You know, like let's let's put this in a little perspective. The Giants are still the only other team in the NL West, aside from the Dodgers, to have a positive run differential. Um, I, you know, there are so many losses this year. You can just point to like one stupid little thing that's not indicative of a bigger problem. And pointed at that. You know, there were games that they lost because Kelby booted a ground ball that should have been a double play. Or games that they lost because Kelby booted a ball because it should have been a game-ending double play. Or a game that Joe Panic booted a ball that would have ended the <laughs> inning. Oh, you know, what's wrong with second base? Or oh, like... Get Aubrey Huff out there. I mean, there were games in cores, I think, when... Uh, you know, it wasn't like the ninth inning, but there was a fly ball to right field that Pence just completely lost in the sun. And it led to a long inning, and then they never recovered. So things like that. I mean, they're like I'm not worried about this defense. I'm worried about Kelby playing every day, but that's not, that's not it's hopefully not going to actually happen. How close are we for, to calling for the head of Santiago Casilla? I mean, Hunter Strickland looked terrible too. 
you know? So that, I mean, Hunter Strickland has kind of been the error apparent uh, to to the closer position, but he blew the save, you know, blew the lead in that game right before Casilla did. Does that make Kelby Tomlinson the error apparent? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes our injured infielder the A-Ray apparent? <laughs> so, I'm glad we can still joke at a time like this. Can we this. trade I mean, for A-Ray? Is there someone on Tampa Bay we could acquire? <laughs> um, like So So that's the thing. is uh, I'm not worried about this defense long term. And I'm not really worried about this bullpen. I mean, I mean, you can't really have that much faith in a bullpen year to year because relief pitching is so volatile. and Specious at best. Yeah, like you... you Somebody who had their career best year last year, like George Contos, you know, he might go back to being a three ERA reliever, which is kind of, you know, which means that like, every now and then he's just going to fuck everything up. Well, you know who our best bullpen arm is right now, right? Derek Law. Garen. It's been Garen. Yeah. He's got seven shutout innings so far, which is nice to see, but you don't want that to be the guy you're relying on down the stretch. Corey Garen, not Cody. Corey. I don't know which one it is. I, I'm never gonna know. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. It's okay. It's Corey. I'm at the point in my brain where I know that I don't know it. So no matter what <laughs> name I say, it feels like the wrong one. So so let's let's talk a little bit about Derek Law though, because there are not that many guys that you and I have seen and paid attention to since they were minor leaguers. You know, there was like Gary Brown that didn't work out. I got uh, some rookie cards. I could tell you. <laughs> You know, we we met Gary Brown when he was a prospect. Um, we met Clayton Blackburn, so that was cool. He's still he's still doing well. We met Mac Williamson, you know, your boy. We met Mac Williamson. We didn't interview him. We just met him, uh, and we and we met and interviewed Joe Panic a few times. So, like these are guys that I feel close to, but we you went feel close to them. I mean, I don't feel close to them. <laughs> they have no idea that's, who I am. That's weird. I just mean like. I, I don't always pay that close attention to who's in the minor leagues unless your name is, you know, Christian Arroyo or somebody of that caliber. But every now and then, there's a prospect that you and I actually pay attention to from the time that they're in the low minors. And when they succeed, they do, you know, it feels more special. So you and I went to a San Jose Giants game like two or three years ago. Three, I three say. years ago. Three years ago. It was a pretty boring game. You know, we just... We sat there. We, I don't know. I think you wanted to leave. It was hot. Uh, we, we had hot dogs. And uh, finally got to the ninth inning, and they announced Derek Law. And we were just, you know, sometimes you just see somebody pitch, and you know this this guy's something special. So 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 that's what he was like. Do you remember you that day? The, yeah, I remember that day. Do you still have those same feelings when you watch him pitch now? Uh, Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, uh, so no. how soon is too soon to start thinking about trying out Derek Law in the ninth inning? Uh, this whole year is too soon. This whole year? I mean, no. Like, okay, if you give it, if you go till like the All Star break and Casilla, I mean, barring, of course. If you ha- if any of these guys, meaning Casilla or Strickland, have like five t- 
terrible outings in a row, you know, you never know. But if you're just talking about general trends where they have more good outings than bad outings, if you get to like May or June and these guys, you know, Derek Law has like a sub one ERA and these guys are hovering in like the fours or fives, then yeah. I mean, I could see it in that situation, but it would take both of those guys being just awful before Bochi does that. So we were asked a question by one of our listeners on Twitter, just kind of apropos of nothing, just wanted to get something out there and ask us to respond. And we did, but we'll respond in podcast form as well. Um, I believe it was listener Nick in England, right? Yeah, Asked Nick about, in some sort of European area. I believe he's in England because he, his tweets are very strange. I don't understand any of them. And they're always at 4 a.m. Well, obviously it's not 4 a.m. there. <laughs> um, but he asked about Matt Duffy and whether it was small sample size early that Duffy's hitting under 200, um, hadn't shown anything since the first couple of games. And we both responded, you know, well, at least he hold, if he holds his own on defense, the bat's going to come back. He's going to at least hit for a decent average with a little bit of pop. So you're not really worried about Matt Duffy. And actually, in the last couple of days, he's come through with a couple of hits. He's kind of looked a little bit better. Um, the rest of the lineup hasn't done him any justice, but it's nice to see Matt Duffy yeah. getting over 200 now. Yeah, Duffy went two for three with a walk uh, tonight. I think he's actually tech. Oh, no, that was yesterday. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely good to see. And, you know, you're at this point in the year. You know who's batting under 200? Like Anthony Rizzo. Um, at one point in the game last night, Paul Goldschmidt's, uh, I think he made outs his first two at-bats, and his he was batting 200 at that point. Um, it's just, it's still the point in the year where everything's really fluky. And your numbers really don't mean anything. And if you have... You know, a two for four day like Matt Duffy did today, it raises your average from sub two hundred from like one ninety eight to two seventeen. Like that's that's crazy. Kruko also said today that Matt Duffy is the best and most instinctive base runner on the Giants, which I could neither prove nor deny, which is what makes Mike Kruko so fantastic. Also <laughs> who's second? Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's this team is so terrible. Like at at running, you know, we thought Denard Span was going to be a good source of steals. So far, he's I think he's been caught every single time. <laughs> the only people who have successfully stolen bases. Hold on, I can like, get this. I can get this. Well, Look on. Panic, Panic Posey. Yeah. Uh, Panic and Posey both involved the second baseman dropping the ball or a terrible throw. Uh, so far this year, okay, Span is two is two for three. For some reason, wow. it feels like he's gotten caught every single time. Blanco has a nose for getting thrown out, strangely yeah, B- enough. Blanco is the is the worst fast runner in the world. <laughs> I thought that was Billy Hamilton. <sighs> Billy Hamilton is a, is a one-tool player. I mean, Blanco does a lot of good things, but he just... It's it's like Nate Sherholtz. You know, Nate Sherholtz was really good at running when it involved the outfield. But but put him on the base path and oh my god. Yeah, a lot of clomp clomp clomping with guys like him and Belt. They have a little speed, but it doesn't really translate into base running. Yeah. I mean, Belt for some reason attempted two steals in the first week and got thrown out both times. I can't. I couldn't tell you, man. I honestly couldn't tell you. Can we? Can we stop looking back and can we start looking forward? What do we have coming up? Uh, really good games and games that we're going to win. Wow. 
Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I know, right? Looking forward to that. Okay, so tomorrow we have a day game against the D-backs. Then uh, we have a homestand, or continuing the homestand against the Marlins over the weekend. And then the Padres. Can we just feast on the, the Marlins and the Padres and make everybody feel better? I, I, I feel comfortable eating fish. I do not feel comfortable eating holy men. <laughs> We're fathers. Well, you know? I guess we can call this series holy mackerel. Uh, Thomas. <laughs> Oh, I tried to tell your joke recently about uh, you know what do you call the top of the lineup? Hispanic. Hispanic. What, here, t- tell the joke. I, oh, it's I don't not really ruin a joke. It. it was just I saw Span and Panic hitting one two, and just for shorthand, I, I said Spanic, and then I realized that Angel Pagan hitting ninth as the second leadoff guy, uh, you could just call the three of them Hispanic. We even got a, a, a laugh out of out of West Coast fangirl for that. So well, I think it was a, a, a reluctant laugh, but yeah, it's I'll a take slight, it nonetheless. It's a slightly racist joke, but uh, I, I couldn't help myself; it was too good. Um, so let's so let's talk about the pitching, the starting pitching, because that that's kind of been the, the 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 light the light side of this. I mean, we talked a little bit about um, PV and Kane. I still think that Kane can work himself into shape. PV, like, what's the best case scenario for PV? Uh, the best case scenario. I mean, it's, a realistic, realistic best case um, result for him this season. He has three or four quality starts before the All Star game. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's, he's not going to start in the playoffs if they go to a playoff series. He probably won't even be on the roster so i would say a return to competence he's batting 667 oh shut up <laughs> shut up danny yeah it's just it's it's been painful to watch and i mean and it's not just you know getting babbit or something like that i mean he's been get he's been giving up some really hard contact well, it's, but see, it's easy with him because it's been a pretty steady decline. So you can say, you know, as he's gotten older, he's lost some of his stuff. The fiery competitiveness doesn't translate when you don't have the athleticism anymore. And he's never had the stature of a typical starting pitcher who lasts long into his career. So you can kind of see it. The signs are there, and, and this could be PV's last ride. Yeah, yeah. He, he's leading the majors and hits allowed, so that's exciting. Yeah, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that juice that Tim Hudson still had, you know, into his mid and late thirties. He is leading the league, by the way, in strikeouts per walk. I just want to point that out with ten. Yeah, nobody's walking because they're going up there <laughs> swinging. Yeah, he's giving up point six walks per nine, but he's giving up. Diddy, they haven't played the Nationals yet. Bryce Harper has two home runs off of him. <laughs> he's also giving up uh, his his hits per nine is eighteen. So that's a 18? lot of fun. Yes. That's the age of consent to be sent down. Oh, man. 28 hits in 14 innings and 14 earned runs. Good Too times. Crickets. And his only walk this season, by the way, was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was it now? Uh, okay. Yeah, he might. he might be done. Where where are we going to get starting pitching from if it's not going to be Heston? Clayton Blackburn. It's going to be Black as a number four starter. Oh, I mean, why not? He's probably better than that. I guess. I just man, I was so down 
on the Dodgers, and then Kenta Maeda has come up, and he looks amazing. Boy, does their rotation look good. Ross Stripling is, you know, a a young man who can pitch well. <laughs> We've determined that he's a young man because that's what stripling means. It's not a young tree, as we previously thought. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, seriously, when he's pitching like an ace or at least like a, yeah. a number two guy, that team looks a lot stronger. At least we predicted Alex Wood would not be good. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> that one. Um, no, so, you know, we don't know if Ross Stripling is going to gonna stick with it if, or if he's just going to kind of be... I mean, he's he's doing what Heston did last year, you know, uh, called to start as a total surprise to everybody and looks really good. I mean, he even had the no-hitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For what it was worth. Oh, Dave Roberts, don't stop being you. Please be the next Don Mattingly. Uh, yeah. We'll take it every single day. But, I mean, like we alluded to, we're happy with what Cueto's doing. He's got a 3.38 ERA and three wins, which is, of course, the most important thing. Well, um, we don't have any. in the last, We've won in the last week, so wins are good. But I think what's most impressive about Cueto is he has an, a whip under 1.1. So he's, even though he had, like, the, the six-run inning, I think, he, as we talked about before, you know, he went deep into that game. He... He's been he's been really good. I mean, he's pitched 21 in the third innings and in three starts. That's exactly what we hoped he would do. Uh, Samarja, like we mentioned, um, is is you know he's got a 3.72 ERA, 19 in the third innings and in three starts. But he's had the the times when he looked phenomenal, like he did in Colorado of all places. Yeah, I mean, I, two weeks in, I'd say rousing successes, having two capable starting pitchers on decent to sort of expensive contracts, you know, no biggie. Yeah. And then, you know, Bumgarner has had his shaky his shakiness, but he looked really good tonight and, you know, rumor had it he kind of had the flu this whole time that he didn't get over it like we thought he had. It's the year of the sick pitcher. Yeah. So, you know, the 1 2 3 is looking really good and I think the hitting is going to turn around. I mean, we we like all these guys, and even the ones who are off to slow starts. Well, and Posey's in a brutal slump right now. Yeah, he. I think he went 0 for 18 during the during the road trip. Got a hit in his final game, so he, you know, one for his. One, I think finished the road trip one for 19. But you know, it, there's there's zero percent chance that. I mean, we're not worried about Posey at all, right? No, uh, we're not worried about Posey, but the offense looks much different when he's not hitting. Yeah. Um, I think we both project Joe Panic to be a 300 hitter. I mean, Hunter Pence... Hunter, I mean, Hunter Pence feels like he's batting, like, negative 10 with <laughs> runners in scoring position. Because it feels like every single time he's come up to bat with an opportunity to score somebody, he just he he just grounds out to third or... Or, you know, the old 4-3, which we learned to love with uh, Aubrey Huff. You remember how earlier on Coach's decision you said you don't want to live in a world where Matt, Matt Latos is a really good pitcher? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't want to live in a world where Angel Pagan is our best hitter. Uh, well, so can I crow a little bit? Because I, I thought I knew he would be good. You knew you Okay, Danny, you can't predict 25 players will be good, and then when three of them are good... You start crowing. I've said this on multiple occasions that healthy Angel Pagan has always been good. 
And the times he's been bad were d- directly attributable to injury. And he's probably going to get hurt again. I mean, he does. That's what happens. But as long as he's healthy, he's a great player. And his left field defense has been perfectly fine. So remember how I said Hunter Pence feels like he's batting really terribly with runners in scoring position? Uh-huh. He's batting four forty four. Okay. You are really bad at this. Yeah. God. I. It does not feel like he did that. Then again, two of those were home runs, which I don't think should really count. What? <laughs> are you... Okay. Put put Ashley on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You just said that home runs shouldn't count as hits with runners in scoring position. Well, okay. If you take away the home runs, which, you know, then he's, bat- then he's six for 16, which... Well, if Let's you take away the frosting, then it's just a not delicious treat. <laughs> okay, it just feels like he he always he's he always leaves the men on base, but I guess not. It's like the O'Doul's effect. It's like if you take the alcohol out, then you're just drinking beer. It's <laughs> having a good time. No need to get wasted. So, oh, Danny, but you're, you're a weird guy. Why did I why did I hitch myself to this wagon? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you look up and down the line, up and down the roster. I mean, we think Posey's gonna gonna obviously play really well. We think Panic's gonna be a three hundred hitter. Um, Span is batting terribly, but just started drawing walks, which is great. I mean, we mentioned Duffy turning it around. There's nobody I'm worried about, even the new guys. I'm worried about you mostly. Okay, it's fair. It's totally fair. I mean, even Angel Pagan has has hit a home run. So, I think they're going to be fine. You want to make a prediction between now and our next episode about how they do? Well, like you said, they have a chance to feast on some inferior competition. Are we sure they're inferior competition? The Padres, yes. (laughs) Pretty sure. I haven't seen much of the Marlins this year. We'll get a nice look and see if Christian Yelich is all he's cracked up to be. Um, But we know Jose Fernandez is, so we'll see what we can get out of this series. But I think... Well, so so let me just lay this out. So between now and uh, including next Wednesday night, they're playing the D-backs once, the Marlins three times, and the Padres three times. So so they have a full, full week, seven games. What do you think? All I'd say they win four. Okay. I'll say that they they win five. Of course you will. Yes. I'm going to say that they win tomorrow, and then they take two out of three from each. Okay. That's fair. I mean, that's totally plausible. And that would not, quote-unquote, turn the season around, but it would be... You know, back to back to a nice steady start. Yeah, I mean, a series win goes a long way to calming people down. And I feel calm, and I think uh, I think that's probably a good place to 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 end this for the night. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do now, Danny? Drink a beer from Ninety Nine Bottles. <laughs> no, I'm going to head over to SeatGeek and start seeing what I can find for playoff tickets for the Golden State Warriors yeah. and the San Jose Sharks. Good luck. Because I want to go to the playoffs, man. Well, don't forget to use our promo code SFG20 because then you can get $20 off and then it's only incredibly un- unaffordable. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love SeatGeek. Check them out. Go to games. Tell us about them. It'll be great. SFG20. Buy us tickets and we'll go with you. I promise. Oh, yeah. No. Um, you know, I'll buy dinner. Yeah, I'll buy drinks. So. All right, done and done. <laughs> Seat Geek SFG20. So uh, just to wrap this up, check us out 
on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. And let us know what you like or what you don't like. And, you know, we'll we'll laugh about it next time we, we record on this show. Um, also, check out our other show, Coach's Decision, on KSCO and on iTunes. Uh, send us an email, giantspod at gmail.com. Talk to me on Twitter, giantspod, Chuck Thomas, giants Todd. And uh, with that, Thomas? I tweet a lot about the Buffalo Bills. Go Giants. Go Warriors. Go Sharks. Go Giants. Go Bills. Go Bills.